0: They say you should never judge a book by its cover. Well, you also shouldn't judge someone until you know their story. So my Wicked Awesome Sisters and I are coming together to tell ours. Sharing our story isn't an excuse. It's an explanation. And now, Wicked Awesome Sisters podcast. Last week on Wicked Awesome Sisters. You will be. That type of mom and you will give that type of love. And I think you'll give it better than a lot of moms out there because you know what it's like to grow up without it. And you know what you have to do to make a conscious effort to make sure that that child of yours never has to go through or wonder or feel the way that you did. And now the continuation of our story. My mom, otherwise known as Aunt Kathy, is also joining us today. Hi, mama.
1: Hello, girls. Cody.
2: Wow.
0: (laughs)
1: Listen, if I'm up this late, I need a little more excitement from you girls, okay? <laughs> Woo! Yes,
0: so. Okay, well, to catch you up, Mom, uh, last week the girls and I kind of went through a very brief uh, description of Myra and some of her quirks and habits, I guess, to put it politely. But we thought it would be good for our listeners to kind of hear your rendition of the events before we kind of move forward with other things, just to kind of put it in perspective. So... Why don't we just get right into it and you kind of tell us about your childhood and what it was like growing up with Myra?
1: First of all, I think Myra's problems are generational because my mother was not a really good mother. I mean, she was a single mother most of the time, but not really. There's five of us and we're all from different dads. And at different times, we had different dads living with us. So that kind of fits into the Myra issues present. My mom was, I don't know how to say it, she just never was loving. She never said, I love you, or she never really uh was involved in any of our lives. In fact, my brothers were both in foster care until I was about four years old, and then they got out of foster care, and there's almost an eight-year spread between us, so that tells you how long they were in foster care, because... My mom just didn't want to be a mom. She was too busy dating other men and going places and doing whatever she wanted to do. So then when I was born, I had a lady take care of me, not paid. She just never had any kids. So she was taking care of me. So it's kind of generational that, unfortunately, I think that all of us, myself, my sisters, my brothers, and now all of you suffer the repercussions of what happened from my mother, Myra was, well, again, there's about seven to eight years difference between us. So I was kind of responsible for babysitting her all the time and, you know, taking care of her. However, I had my own life, you know, I wanted out of the house as much as possible. So I was involved with so many things at school that I really couldn't take care of her as much as I did when I wasn't in high school. Myra was a troubled child from a very young age. Myra was very beautiful. She was a beautiful child, and she was a beautiful young adult. So she quickly became my mom's favorite because my mom had an arm piece. And I find that that's kind of what your mother did to you. You guys were basically arm pieces for her. But even as a child, I remember having to go and find Myra all the time because she was constantly running away. Not running away, like in the sense of packing her bags and running away, but this was very young. She would just run away just to have fun, and we'd have to go find her. Basically, she had a troubled childhood because my mom really wasn't too involved in her lives. We didn't have a steady father. That was to her detriment because I ended up not there, and Myra was just pretty much left to do whatever she wanted. And that was at a very, very young age. So, you know, moving forward, I I don't know how uh, Myra got pregnant so early in life. But I would say that I attribute that to her being um, left to her own devices, but also because she was just a knockout. And um, I'm sure, you know, she had plenty of boyfriends and who knows what was going on in that household. I only know... What happened to me as a a young adult, I only found out when I was 17 that basically my mom was getting money from men that she worked at a bar to kind of not sell us, but like uh, one day I was coming home from work and I worked at this bar doing dishes and I would help make food. And this guy offered to take me home and he owned a grocery store down the road and I had been molested by him many times. But this particular time when I was going home, he said, oh, your mom told me that you needed money for school pictures. And if you let me whatever, whatever, I'll give you that money. And at that minute, something just clicked of all the years of molestation. So I'm assuming, I don't know that. Myra probably had the same issues because we always had men living in our home. We always had borders and all the borders molested me. So I'm assuming they molested her also. Um, we never really talked about it. So I really don't know that that's a fact on her behalf, but I know on my behalf it was. So why I say it's generational is because what we learn is what we learn from our parents. And even though we don't want to turn out like them, Sometimes we just can't help it because that's all we know. So moving forward, after Myra got pregnant and um, had her first child, I pretty much tried to help her as much as I can. But I always have worked full time. So I wasn't there. Plus, I lived quite a ways away from them. But I tried as much as I can. And my ex-husband at the time, he also participated in that. But at the same time, we were also helping to raise... (laughs) my brother, who was young. And, you know, so Myra kind of got lost in the shuffle, I think. I really didn't have a whole lot of, you know, contact with her after Eric got a little older, Um, again, because I was raised in my family and I was working so much. Myra got involved in drugs very early. And I would say that Tim, he also was involved in drugs. And I remember us going on a family trip to Washington, D.C., and we rode in separate cars. My kids wanted to ride with them, but I didn't let them. And I'm glad I didn't because evidently they were transporting illegal substances in their vehicle from Florida to Pennsylvania. So it's always been an issue. I'm not a hoity-toity, and I wasn't a goody-goody, even though that's what she thought. It's just that I wanted more and better for my life than what I grew up with. And I wanted more and better for my children. So I was never a super mom. I'll never, ever say that I was. But I did the best I knew how from what I learned, which wasn't a whole lot. I think in that, Myra probably with Eric was doing okay. And then she just started a little bit more using. And then of course, Amber was born and she was still, you know, we were involved in her life, but I wouldn't say we were real close because like I said, I was just, my kids can tell you, I mean, I was just never home a lot. Then Amber became the light of Myra's life. I mean, she just thought Amber was just the most beautiful. It was kind of like repeating itself. And, um, not taking anything away from the way that she loved Eric, but Amber was her little girl. She used to dress her up and she was the princess, basically. I don't want this to sound bad or anything, but, uh, when Myra met Jack, I remember all the stuff that Amber was going to get. She was getting gold necklaces and she was going to have riding lessons and she was going to do this and that. And I'm like, where's all this money coming from? All of a sudden, at that point, I think she really started getting involved in heavier drugs.
0: Can I ask you something real quick? Just because I think it's a question that a lot of people have when they hear stories like this of children being around this sort of behavior. So you, as my mom, were the polar opposite of Myra. And obviously, everything that you stand for is kind of against what her lifestyle was. Why is it that you felt okay to still have me and my brother engage and hang out with and spend time with her knowing that... She was using and doing God because knows we what. did
2: spend a lot of time together as children. We were on, we went on vacations all the time together. I mean, well, I think for me is I
1: always wanted, I always wanted a family. You know, I wanted Myra to be normal. You know, I wanted you and your brother to have cousins that you could enjoy and be with and grow a relationship with. Because even as a child, even though I had a crappy upbringing, we always did things with our cousins. Now, granted, none of my aunts or uncles were anything like my mother. But I wanted that for you guys. And I really wanted to be a part of Myra's life. I truly did. But it was a like a tug of war. You know, should I let you guys with them? Well, there was Eric and there was Amber. And then later, of course, all of the other ones. I just kept hoping for the best. That's all I can tell you. And I kept. Making sure, you know, I remember being so angry with her because I allowed you and uh, Brent to go with her. And I believe I want to say it was Tim to an island, a beach here in uh, Fort Myers area. It was with great hesitation, but I said, OK. And then you came back and you were covered from head to toe sunburn, and then also covered in mosquito bites. We spent days in baths of vinegar and trying to get all those cleared up. So I wanted you to have that relationship. I wanted to trust her. I wanted to make sure you guys could be a family. It just never happened.
0: I will say I'm glad you let us go camping. We actually touch on that. I think in the last episode, we talked about it And that was one of my last memories I have with Eric. And so I'm really grateful for that. And I'm actually grateful that, you did let me spend time with myra because as dysfunctional as she can be like i i really do have great memories with her i was just asking more because i think that's a question a lot of people are going to wonder like if you knew that your sister was a you know drug addict or a nutcase why would you let your kids go hang out with her you know um, myra
1: always had good days bad days there were days when she's just a hoot. she actually is mo- a lot more fun than i am i mean she would do plays and skits and dance and I always envied that in her when, when she was on and not messed up. She was great. I mean, she was a fun mom, a fun aunt. I mean, I was always jealous of that because to this day, I still can't be that person. I'm I'm just, that's just not in me. So yeah, I think that it was good that you guys were able to have that relationship and definitely that you got to spend time with Eric. You know, I think that, The drugs were bad, but I think that when Eric was murdered, I think that that was the beginning to the end for her. I'll never forget the time that we went to the beach in Daytona. It was supposed to be just Charlotte and I and you. Myra, I called her and said, hey, come over, you know, bring the kids, come on over and, you know, spend some time with us. Again, trying to just see where she was, check on the kids. And she came over, she dropped Amber and Echo off and said she was going to Burger King. And four days later, she showed back up. And I'll never forget that Echo cried nonstop. The entire time that she was gone, and I still remember you and Amber trying to console her in the bathtub, that's a memory for me again that, you know, again, I was trying to make sure that my kids and her kids could be together. But then again, there she was. She disappointed me again as she did, you know, everybody. As one of my friends said, she's so charming. She could charm anybody out of anything as she did with DCF many, a many, a many of times. Myra is just like, if you met her, oh, you think she is the greatest thing since peanut butter, but. Once you get to know her and she's used you and abused you so much, eventually you back away and get out of her life. You know, it always was like that. And, you know, then Echo came along and then boom, right after that, you know, another one comes along and here's, you know, Lee and then another one comes along and, you know, there's Autumn and I could continue to just be a part of her life and have you guys in there. I mean, there were trips to Disney that, you know, we invited all of them to go and meet us there. And they just always turned out to be too stressful for me.
2: Those were the best memories that I had. I don't remember a lot from my childhood but i feel like whenever we went to disney or we went to fort myers i cried every time we had to leave you guys so as stressful as it is was for you i want you to know that i appreciate it because those are the memories that i love and you know cherish from my childhood
0: well it's really funny because we recorded episodes 1 through 3 in one session and so you haven't even heard episodes two and three at mom and first of all you're validating a lot of the stuff that we said in those first two uh three episodes but also when you talk about disney amber just said it there but even echo says the disney the cruises all of that was the most normal that they had even though it was stressful for you at times which i mean i can only imagine
2: the world to us it meant the world to all
1: and of I us. And I know that. And I, and it meant the world to us. And it was never you guys that made it stressful. Trust me. It was Myra disappearing or going crazy or, and when I say crazy, I mean just, just a total different person. So that's what made it crazy because you have to remember that. I wanted to spend time with you guys. I always did. And, you know, I mean, I don't know if you remember this, but remember when Myra would come to Fort Myers, it was like Fibber McGlee's closet. You open up her trunk and she had baskets of clothes. And I mean, it was just...
2: Because we were disappearing for three or four days because DCF was on her. So they couldn't drug test her. So we would come to Fort Myers to hide. But you know what? Still the best times of my life. Like when we were going to Fort Myers, I'm like, thank God. Thank God I have safety for a few days.
1: Well, and and you know, we always wanted that. And and one time when we asked her to bring you guys, Amber, you were gone already, but the three little ones to um, Disney and they show up, they're dirty. They have lice. It was just, I've never seen such an infestation. Okay, so head lice isn't bad. Everybody gets it. But the thing is, she just dropped them off and so their whole first day, instead of them being able to be children and enjoy that, we had to spend three and a half hours with each of them on the patio combing through to get rid of all the lights. And, you know, here's everybody, because we're on the property and they're having fun and the kids are like, when are we going? When are we going? Well, we have to get rid of this first. So again, that's just another thing of her only thinking about herself. You know, oh, I'm going to get rid of them for the weekend and I'm just going to go do whatever I want when she should have, before they ever arrived, have taken care of that. That's just a norm, you know, or another time when we took them away and it was over Easter and we were supposed to do an Easter egg hunt at, this was another whole time, an Easter egg hunt at Disney or whatever. She shows up and says she's taking you guys and you guys are going to go on an Easter thing with her. Well, you missed that whole day. Again, this was another trip at Disney. And she shows up around 11 o'clock at night with you guys. And again, we know what she was doing. So you guys never really got to enjoy just being kids. I mean, you always were taking care of her or taking care of the house. It wasn't fun for you guys to be able to ever enjoy anything. And so if we were able to provide a small Glimmer of that. That's what we wanted to do. I did hear your last podcast, your first one that came out. And of course, it makes me very sad. And the thing that hit me the most in that one was Echo had said that told her I didn't want her. And just so that everybody out there can understand that is not what happened. Echo had called and I said, yeah, let me talk to your mom. And I can still to this day, remember me having to leave out of the building of my restaurant and yell and scream at her for about an hour as she told me that if I took Echo, that she would say that Charlotte and I were molesting the kids, that she would get our business closed down, we would be in jail. And trust me, she is cunning enough and charming enough to make sure that that would happen. And to me, it just wasn't worth the risk. So we had to back off. It wasn't that we didn't want Echo. And even when we had all the kids living with us, we were so happy. We loved it. I mean, it was so nice to be able to have the three littles with us and even Amber for a short time, we loved it. We loved being able to, you know, get them up for school and and try and get them in normalcy of having their lunches. I mean, Charlotte did their lunches the night before. And then I remember always getting on Charlotte because the two little ones were in daycare. All of a sudden I'd show up at work and there's Autumn. And I'm like, what is she doing here? And Charlotte said, but she was on the fence crying. I'm like, oh no, you take her back right now. So
3: I just want to say I am and always will be on Charlotte's favorite. It's just the way it is.
0: The rank order of things goes: the two dogs, then Autumn, right. then my then my brother, then Echo,
3: right.
0: then Amber. And then everyone else, all of my mom's friends, and then I'm at the bottom. So I'm, I'm not even going to argue that one. Okay, good thing.
1: You know, I don't have any favorites. Just like at work, I love everybody. You are so full
0: of shit. We all know that Echo's your favorite after the dogs, Lily and Coco. Well, Echo yeah.
1: Coco. is my favorite only because she's so much like me. Okay, so anyway, on with my story. When Lee came to live with us, he was a total psychological mess. He used to scratch his rear end until it bled every single day. I mean, it was awful, and he would come home every single day. How old?
0: How old are we talking here? Uh,
1: he was probably at that point. Well, when we got him, he was only four, so I would say from four to six. You know, and uh, he would cry and cry and cry. So first of all, he would urinate and poop his pants every single day at school, every day. So every day we'd come home and clean him up. He would just constantly sit in the corner and tell us he doesn't want to live and just go ahead and send me away. I'm not worth it. All these things that he had to have heard and now he believed. And what caused him to do the things that he did? I mean, one time he tried to hang himself. We were all going to take naps. And I don't know why, but something told me to just get up and check on everybody. And there was a belt around his neck hanging from the bed. I was like, oh my gosh, what do we do? And then another time, Autumn was sleeping on a couch and I came out and she had this red stuff just running from her mouth. And I thought, oh my gosh, what? What? she's bleeding. What the hell? He had stuffed these little red things off of a plant into her mouth. And I don't know if he did it to suffocate her or what. Lee definitely, definitely suffered from something. And I don't know, I can't say what exactly it was, but he definitely had some mental issues. It was very hard. The worst part, though, is he was so smart. Because I remember Echo, oh, oh, she wasn't my favorite then, let me tell you. (laughs) She'd come home. <laughs> we had this little table and chairs and she'd come home from school and we'd have to do her homework. And for at least an hour, she would yell, I don't want to." I
2: think that's and, when I started hating Echo. Like <laughs>
1: well, know. then, of course, Lee would come out and say, Jack, do it. Jack, do it. And he was younger. And then we would do math and he was just so smart. I mean, just so smart. And I used to always say to him, you can be anything you want to be. You can be anything you want. You you have a great brain. And I mean, he truly, truly was a smart
3: kid. Lee, I think, did have something mentally wrong with him. Working with autistic children, I don't think he's autistic. I think he may have been on, like, the Asperger spectrum. He wasn't socially appropriate. He didn't understand, like, social cues. It was harder for him to learn how to be potty trained, learn all these things. But he was so freaking smart. Well, I
1: I truly believe something happened to him because he had such low self-esteem of himself. And this wasn't just a once a day. This was constantly that he would continue to say negative things about himself. I just think things happened to him that maybe none of us really know because his behavior was it was that of a of a child that has been actually abused we we tried as much as we could with him to get him settled into the routine but his self-hatred was so bad maybe if we could have had you guys we could have maybe fixed that had a counselor or somebody maybe break through to him but unfortunately he went right back into that situation when um Myra decided to come in and be the hero unfortunately you guys were really doing well all of you of course Amber by that time you had gone to live with your grandmother but Echo was reading and enjoying school and Autumn was of course playing with her Barbies on the patio on this great big thing that Aunt Charlotte had made her, a big
2: platform and all this. I was so jealous. Amber, you never... didn't even
3: know you were jealous until just right
2: now. Yeah. Like I was feel like just I feel like, it just, <laughs> I feel like it just hit me. I never like I was never Amber, ready to admit
1: it. You were a pre you were a teenager, pre teenager, and you were having your own issues. So Right. But you I didn't have I
2: didn't have an Aunt Charlotte to build me a Barbie dream house. Uh, well, you no know what? I, you have your mother spoiled you rotten.
0: Can I just say this? I am the most upset by love this you, discovery oh, because
2: shut up. no, do you're you a know? Teenager, do you want to you... play with Barbie dolls as a teenager? Listen to me. me. You're the most upset. Yeah, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Listen why to you're me. So upset because. By this. because
0: I loved Barbie. I had every Barbie known to man. I was very
3: spoiled, and my mother
2: You took you, them with you to my. I did not. Yeah, get you them did. Barbie you all. brought them with you. You brought them with because I remember me and you stayed up until three o'clock in the morning playing Barbies, and I was so I thought that was the coolest thing. No, and I no. You guys are all delusional. My mom had all my
0: Barbies in a Tupperware bin in the attic. When I went to college, my mom, who is the queen of decluttering, decided that my Barbies in storage was clutter and donated every piece of memory that I what are have. You Andy
2: from Toy Story? Like you're going to keep them forever? Yes. Yeah, exactly. And
0: yes. if, if
1: that's the case, why do I still have 10 tubs of yours sitting in my storage room
0: now, taking of Barbies for over years? <laughs> Not of Barbies. They're of my late grandmother's things that my my (laughs) mom-
1: still have them. You do. As long as you
0: don't get rid of grandma's things, you're good. You get rid of those, you're dead to me. Well, you
1: better come get them soon. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, everything was good. And then the hero decides she's coming back and she's going to take them away. So what we tried to do, we got her an apartment and we gave her a job and we made sure the kids went to school. All of a sudden, we'd be on vacation in New York or wherever we were and we'd get a call from the daycare. And the daycare would say, uh, nobody's picked up the children yet. It's 6.15. And so I had to call people that work for me and say, could you please go get the kids? Their mother has not picked them up. Please go get them and get them fed. And then I'll try and reach her. That happened so many times. The other things that would happen is she wouldn't show up for work. We go over there to check on the kids, and Echo is at seven years old or however old she was cooking breakfast on the stove for the two little ones. And so, you know, that's another memory. We took them away and said we're going to take them up to McDonald's and feed them. And here comes the hero down the stairs, because it was a townhouse, yelling and screaming that she's calling the cops on us that were stealing her children. And I'll never forget, Aunt Charlotte said, well, you go ahead, you tell them we're at McDonald's. You know, the kids would constantly run away over to our place, which it was a 10-minute walk, if that. You know, they would constantly run away and come over. And then, of course, she i come running over in her car and, you know, trying to get them back. And it was echo most of the time. But we would say she wasn't there. And then... um Myra would go through her antics of busting her head against our concrete uh, driveway and, uh, you know, gonna kill herself. And I really think that that's a lot where Lee got his, I'm going to kill myself all the time thing. After she would go through her rants and raves and be crazy of almost running me over several times, then she would come in and she would apologize. To all the kids, they would have to just sit there and listen to her saying how sorry she was and how much she loved them. And she doesn't, um, you know, mean to do these things. And I'll never forget Lee just taking his hand and making the cuckoo sign constantly as she was apologizing for this behavior of them being the adults and her being the child. So at some point, because your Aunt Charlotte, whom you all hold in such high esteem, is a very anal person and comes from a very strict Catholic lovey-dovey, everybody loves each other family, she couldn't take it anymore. And, and you know, it wasn't right for me to keep putting her in that position because that's not a family lifestyle that she understands, nor do your spouses or significant others. You know, they get around all of us and they're like, oh, they crazy. That's what she thought, but in a whole different manner. So we sent her back to Deltona. And um, I would say that, Every three weeks or so, we would get calls. And it would be from one of the three men that were her brother-husbands. And that's what we pretty much called them, his brother-husbands. All three of them living in the house at different times or all together or whatever. They would call us because there was either a big fight or she was in jail or she beat one of them with a chain. And so we would drop everything we were doing, rush up there to get you guys. A lot of times we'd get home with you all the way. It was a four and a half hour drive, sometimes more in traffic, get you home, get you settled again, and then they come get you and take you back. And we called DCF, I don't know how many times, constantly, every time this would happen. And it just got old. We were constantly going up there and then halfway through, they would say, oh no, it's okay. Never mind. Everything's fine. Don't come get them. So then we'd turn around and come back, but we'd still call DCF. But again, on
3: the charming thing, DCF would go to a, for a follow up. They left. DCF did not give a single crap. I laid it all out for them. I remember Echo told them and the uh, the lady said, you need to treat your mother with some respect and told Echo to stop
2: lying. DCF told me there was a book this thick of files about Myra and nothing was ever done about it. That is sick. That is sick to me that there was a binder full of files of calls that were made and nothing was ever done.
3: I literally told them the entire truth, that my mother was under the influence of drugs. I said that I did not feel safe in that environment, that I would like to be removed and to go live with my Aunt Kathy. And I remember we had a bunk bed. They interviewed us in the bunk bed. It was a male. And Autumn was in the bed, and I remember telling him everything. He walked out. I never saw him again. And I continued to live there and be physically, emotionally, and mentally abused.
1: Exactly. And And I think all of you were, and as well as, not that any of the brother husbands are angels because they're not, but I think somehow she also got into their heads. I'm not sure how that worked, where she was able to manipulate them like she did. I mean, how many boarders did you guys have living in those houses where you all had to live in her bedroom or all live in one room where you were running
2: out to these older people living there? Do you remember Bill? She met Bill at the grocery store. Within a week, he was moved in with us, and all his social security checks were going to Myra.
3: Michael Shabodian, who I'm pretty sure was a registered sex offender, he lived in our house, and I remember he had me help him help her bathe him one day. And I will like never forget bathing this man when I was probably like ten years old. Right.
1: Ugh. And that's the thing is that we would tell, we would tell DCF about all these men living there, her going and constantly having you guys beg for stuff or going to McDonald's and getting people to come and give her money. I don't think that your mother paid her mortgage herself probably more than a quarter of the time she's lived there. It was either coming from people from church or people she met on the street. Or people that she was doing their lawn care for, or myself, she just could do it. And we were telling them and telling them. And then, of course, somehow, miraculously, there was nothing going on there when they would go do the visits. And trust me, I know the system's broke. And when you guys say that we didn't want you, I mean, it really, really hurts me a lot. And I will take full responsibility because, like Ash said. I should have just been there more and just done it so
2: the kids were younger at the time when all this was going on I was 13 14 when I lived with you so I saw what you did you did in my opinion even as a 14 year old like yes of course I wanted to come live with you and I wanted just everything to be over but I feel like you genuinely did everything you could have done like that's not true and I and I you feel- literally offered you literally offered money to Myra. Yes,
1: I did, but I should have been—I should not have been afraid of her. But listen, Myra. Yeah, but okay, but what me, else could you have done? She I'll
2: probably could have literally... just come up
1: and took you, and then let the let the chips fall. And yes, I did. I will say that we did kind of just like we were done. We couldn't do anymore. We most certainly would have taken you. And I—I I know you guys know this. We had foster children. Your aunt Charlotte and I were foster parents. We had twelve children total as foster parents. And those kids, none of them. None of them went back to their respective bio parents because we weren't going to let it happen like happened to you. So we went to every court case. We we documented everything if the parents ever showed up for visits or anything like that. So I know the system's broken because if Charlotte and I wouldn't have been a part of making sure that those kids got out, they would all still be in just like you, because I've seen the caseworkers. I've observed the visits with the caseworkers with the children or the caseworkers with the parents. I know the system's broken and I don't know that it'll ever get fixed because you are hiring young people with probably not their own emotional capacity developed yet to understand and they just want to rub it off they want to write it off they want to go home
0: the other thing is is that so i volunteered with children in foster care for a little bit and the thing that they kept telling me that they kept trying to drive in my head is that no matter what the situation is their ultimate goal is to reunite them with the biological parent no matter how crazy the situation is their whole goal is to get them back home and so do Do I feel that they failed you even prior to that? Absolutely. Like they didn't even take you out of the home, which to me is so crazy.
2: I don't even want to say thank God because Tim was not any better. He was, you know, he had his own demons and everything that he struggled with. But of the two options between Tim and Myra, thank God Tim took me. I mean, granted, he took me to Chicago and abandoned me when I was 15 years old. But that's when I moved with my grandma. So it all worked out. So Autumn, did
0: you ever talk to DCF ever? Did they ever have you talk to them? We hope you enjoyed this episode of Wicked Awesome Sisters podcast and that it gave you a sneak peek into our Wicked Awesome Sisterhood. Next week, we'll pick up right where we left off. To stay in the loop and catch us when our next episode drops, you can subscribe to this channel. For our family tree diagram and more fun facts and photos, you can follow us on Instagram at Wicked Awesome Sisters. Till next time, stay wicked. Wicked Awesome, that is.